standby. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubiculars podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubiculars. Today is Book Blow Wednesday. Folks, when you tell your friends about Book Blow Wednesday, and I know you will, you're really going to want to hit those bees. Hit the lips really bulging. That's the key to the book and the bow Wednesdays. Bulging lips. Yeah, sexual. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. Folks, especially in a book bow Wednesday, I do believe I'm going to spoil the living bejesus out of this. Or bejesus, if you really want to keep hitting those bees. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million, or how about a billion, huh, dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps... You rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Thank you very much for those who have done so. It is so appreciated that uh, I really don't have time to get into it, because we're on a bit of a deadline. Our last piece of podcast-related business is, of course, to... Business? Oh, jeez. I'm going to try not to do that for the entire episode. But it is difficult for me when I get in a groove of hitting my knees. Uh, yes, today's sponsor is what I was going to say, which is the Sliders Alternate Earth Travel Bureau and Vacation Agency. Once again, today's sponsor is the Sliders Alternate Earth Travel Agency and Bureau Vacation. <laughs> I fucked that one up. Ah, well, now they're not going to be back. Jeez, I keep screwing up these sponsors. No wonder I've only got... I have to get a different sponsor every single day. If I keep making screw-ups like that... Pshaw. If you have been following along with my Buck Wednesday episodes, you will know just what is going to happen in this one. You may also know if, well, you read the description of this one. That will be another indication. I'm going to talk about book number three of the Times Odyssey series by Mr. Arthur C. Clarke and Mr. Stephen Baxter. The book in question, or in answer, is titled Firstborn. Now, uh, something I'm going to say right off the bat, and this is a bit of a spoiler, I suppose, but maybe we'll get into it more later, that despite this being the last in the series... It's left off with a huge, giant, goddamn cliffhanger. Uh, the reason being is that, sadly, very, very sadly, uh, Mr. Arthur C. Clarke died, and, well, that is going to put a damper on your writing career right there, so never got to finish this quadrology. It may have ended up being, it may have been more than that, I don't know. Things were definitely brewing. So... Whenever I read a trilogy or anthology of any kind, I always make sure that it is completed. There's not, it's not still ongoing. 
Uh, there's not going to be more books in the series because I've been burned like this on more than one occasion where I've got to the end and then realized there is A, going to be more books and I will have to wait and wait and wait for them. And I usually don't have the patience for that, so I usually don't look for them and then have a unfinished series in my head. I think I've even run into cases like this where the author of the series passed away, which meant the series was over by, uh, I guess, that reason. So I'm a little bitter and disappointed that when I read the descriptions of these books to make sure that the series was complete, as I always do now, that book three quite clearly on the book cover, um, all over, anywhere you look, it will say the final book of the series, which I suppose is technically correct, but still, I feel a little duped, a little tricked, a little shystered, and uh, for that reason, I'm not too, too happy. Now, that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that if I hadn't known this, I wouldn't have started this series and wouldn't have immensely enjoyed all the books within the series. So, kind of a double-edged coin. With that being said, uh, if this series had have ended <laughs> in book three with some sort of conclusion and not just left me hanging forever and ever, although I don't know why Stephen Baxter, it would be uh, difficult, there's, there's no denying that, and I don't think impossible, but maybe the result would be strange, I don't know. I don't know why he can't continue on just by himself. Maybe he doesn't feel it would be right to do that for moral type reasons, although I'm not sure what they could be. Anyways, it would be nice if he finished this, please. Or, hell, put out an outline of where they thought this book was going to go. I'd be happy with that. Uh, What was I saying? Oh yes, so... I would have, if this series ended on book three, easily, easily, no questions asked, given it a five out of five for the series as a whole. These books are amazing, really, really pull you in. However, that sort of knife in my back of this last book, uh, I'm going to give it a four. I'm taking an entire mark off for that. However, I did also just let you know that these are amazing books, so take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Okay, so let's get into the actual book a little bit. We catch up once again with Vesessa, because that's a name. Vesessa, who's sort of the, I guess you would say, main character, at least the connecting character through these three novels, although not necessarily, uh, the story does not necessarily focus all of its energies on her all of the time. She has just woken up from a cryogenic sleep. Oh, because that is something that will happen in the future. Woken up in a bit of a panic because, oh, uh, you know what, I should, I think I always do this on book Wednesdays in which I am doing a series, talking about a series, just by saying that I'm not going to backtrack really at all into previous books to let you know what happened, for the reason that you have available to you the previous book Wednesday podcast, as well as, hell, the books themselves. That's sort of my my real hope, is that you're reading along with me. I realize that is perhaps unlikely, but still, but still, my hope is that. Anyways, so Bessessa woke up, and uh, shit's hitting the fan a little bit, because 
on its way towards Earth has been spotted another one of the spherical eyes. Mm. The metallic, shiny-looking spherical eye things that the firstborn have apparently shot towards us, towards us with a malicious intent. Those bastards. We sent a probe towards it, which was then destroyed. However, the probe, at least before destruction, let us know that this orb had the ability to basically, I think, boil down, as you could describe it, create black holes. It is a goddamn black hole creating bomb thing. What the fuck? So that's headed towards Earth. Vesessa, because she has been the only person with any sort of interaction with these firstborn, is awoken and immediately sped off to Mars. Why? Well, we find out that within Mars, there is one of these spheres, one of these firstborn spheres, or eyes as they are called, has been embedded in the um, Martian North Pole, because apparently Martians did at one point exist. However, the Martians were killed, wiped off the face of their planet by a device similar to the one headed to Earth. They were able to capture indefinitely one of these spheres. So uh, the reason we're going to bring Vesessa up there is because perhaps with her limited knowledge, though she has, they'll be able to figure a way to do the same with the one headed towards Earth. Oh my god! So it's a, it's a race now to stop this orb on its path of destruction towards Earth. As you do in a science fiction. With Vesessa is her daughter. Her daughter, who's now in her, like, 20s, almost in her 30s, because uh, Vesessa was, was frozen for 19 years. Sort of actually frozen with the idea that if these guys ever came back to try to destroy Earth, that uh, they were to wake her up. So, nice of her to let them do that, I suppose. Her daughter, however, doesn't see it as nice, sees it as running away, and is not too happy with their whole family situation. So uh, that's a good idea to add that sort of vibe for the reason that it makes it feel a little more real, that despite the fact that they're racing to save Earth, there's still this mother-daughter um, friction that they can build tension with and eventually, obviously, sort of work out and redevelop that bond. And, uh, you know, it's a nice little backdrop or front drop or some sort of drop to, uh, to the whole sitch. Huh? Nah. As soon as Bessessa reaches the eye on Mars, she's immediately sucked in. What? Sucked in and taken back to Mir. Mir, which is what she decided to call the planet that was created by the Firstborn when they ripped uh, various time periods from the entire universe and stitched it back together, focusing, I do believe, mainly on Earth, which allowed, in the first book, I just want to say, I'm not backtracking too much, just to say that in the first book, it allowed them to have Genghis goddamn Khan and Alexander the Great have their armies clash together, despite the fact that they did not exist on the planet at the same time. Uh, another area that was ripped and stitched in this 
time sewn together planet was Chicago. Um, 19, early 1900 Chicago. It was one of the most advanced, one of the most advanced, let's call it time streams that was ripped and sewn on to this planet. Most of them were sort of prehistoric, which is why they now have mammoths um, within Chicago working with the people. Yeah. Mm. Pulling carts. Uh, another reason that woolly mammoths are good in Chicago in this time period is because a goddamn glacier has suddenly appeared and is working its way towards Chicago. Slowly will eventually wipe it out, wipe it off the face of the of the map, so that's not good. The reason that Vicessa goes from Babylon, where this eye has sucked her in, to Chicago um, is... <laughs> I don't really know per se why she did it. I think just for the reason, perhaps, that that is why, that it was the most technologically advanced area, so they decided to go there to perhaps find a solution to this destruction of the world. On their travels to Chicago, uh, Vicessa's phone, which is sort of a little Android-y, uh-huh, Android phone, Android phone in the sense that it's got a bit of a sentient personality to it, not in the sense that it's an Android phone. Oh god, that's confusing. If we ever get sentient phones, we cannot call them androids now because there's already android phones out there. Anyways, on that trip, the phone was keeping its eyes to the skies and realized that the universe in which this planet is existing, the alternate universe, I should say, that this planet is existing is expanding at a tremendous rate, a rate that within 500 years will destroy all of creation in this alternate universe. So, it would be nice if they could stop that from happening, or at the very least, uh, I suppose, save the now inhabitants of Earth slash Mir, as they call it. Mir is a Russian word, and uh, I believe it needs Oh, I didn't write down what it meant. It meant something like peace or hope or some such, I don't know. Now, also, within this alternate universe, there exist all the planets as they are today. However, not as they are today, because, for example, Venus is still covered in water. Uh, Mars is still alive. There exists on Mars even a Martian. A Martian who is sort of... The way I uh, took the explanation of this Martian, Martian sort of made up of spores. So it's, a, it's an organism that has sentience and intelligence and has created a society. However, these organisms are actually made up of millions of different organisms, spores, that through their connectedness have become intelligent. So that's kind of mind-blowing. Also add to the fact that these folk fought the firstborn and were even able to capture one of these eyes. One of these eyes that... Ooh, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to speed through this last bit. One of these eyes that, if destroyed, would, in the actual real universe, cause the eye <laughs> hurtling towards Earth, towards its destruction to veer off towards Mars to save the eye that's being destroyed. What? So the people of Earth, through 
recesses urging have to get a message to this Martian. Now, everyone on Earth is from friggin' Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, 1920s at its latest, so they don't really have spaceships. What they do have is mammoths and glaciers and fire. So, on top of a glacier, they burn a shit ton of wood, like miles long, in a sequence that will let this Martian know what it has to do in order to save Earth and potentially save this universe, this parallel universe as well. The Martian does that. The Martian does that. It then, um, the, the bomb that's on its way to Earth to destroy it then veers towards Mars and instead destroys Mars, which is kind of shitty. How it does that is by sucking Mars into a, I'm just going to call it a black hole, might not be 100% accurate, and then Mars will exist in this black hole for a certain period of time until this pocket universe, yeah, yeah, that's what they call it, collapses in on itself, thereby destroying everything within it, including Myra, the Sessa's daughter, who for some reason thought it would be a good idea to, to wait inside of Mars, yeah. The book ends with Vesessa and Myra back together again, and they meet up with one of the last-born, and uh, that's sort of where we leave. So, you know, bit of a cliffhanger, although no more books in the series. Folks, that's it. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine wait till the warm-up's underway wait till our lips have met wait till you see that sunshine day you ain't seen nothing yet the best is yet to come and be won't it be fine the is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.